Well, welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. You'll never guess who's with me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Wooten. We're truly glad that you are on the show with us today. On this episode, we're excited because we're going to talk about a couple of projects Shane's got coming up, some new books. Can't wait to hear from Shane about that. But before we start to talk about those books, need to bring in Shane Bishop. Shane, how you doing today? Good, Mike. You just uh, you just welcomed everybody. Yeah. Now, I know good and well everybody doesn't yes. listen to this podcast. So I want a quantifiable number. How many people actually listen to this podcast? So we're making it now. By yeah. the time this podcast, let's say a month after it's released, how many people will have listened to this podcast? My over-under is six. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking closer to, I don't know, 200? 200. Yeah. 206? 206, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a couple hundred to listen to this right. in a month from now. Well, sure. then we're, we're thrilled to have you. Yeah. Everybody. Yes, everybody. Yeah. All of you. Every single one of you. That's right. Yeah. So, Shane, uh, anything new going on in your world right now? You know, Mike, we're uh, navigating. Okay. We're, we're just navigating right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Christchurch uh, is now an independent congregation. Yeah. We, we, we're part of something called the Foundry Network. I've been a. a Set helping get that set up. That's been a really great thing. We're seeing God do some great stuff here at the church. I'm enjoying teaching and preaching. It's a pretty good season of life for me. And as it all turns out, it's also a time in my life that I'm sort of leaning into to legacy issues, thinking a little bit more about those things. And uh, I'm writing a little bit these days. Yeah, you have been writing. We're going to talk about a couple of those books. Shane, when you talk about legacy, uh, when did that start to change for you? When did you start thinking about legacy as opposed to when you're just thinking about maybe the here and now? Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess I'm going to sort of equate this to athletics, but I, I think there is a point in your life where you, you have a goal. You, you just want to make the team, you know, and then and then you make the team and then you say, OK, well, I want to be a starter. And then you're a starter. and You say, well, I want to be all conference. And then I want to be all state. And then I want to win a state championship. But there's a point at which a lot of athletes say, you know what? I still want to be a really good player, but I'm, I'm also interested in making the players around me better. I'm also yeah. interested in, in making the team better. And then I think after that, there's this idea where you say, you know what? I, I'm not just a player, but I'm also kind of a coach here. And so I think those roles kind of shift as we age and maybe just hitting 60 this year, Mike, uh, just kind of as a, as a milestone hitting 60 was yeah. uh, one of those things for me that said, okay, maybe it's time to begin shifting from just simply thinking of myself as a pulpit preacher yeah. and a leadership guy, but saying, hey, uh, let's go ahead and lean into writing. Let's mm-hmm. lean into some things that you know might still be around when I'm not. Well, Shane, coming up, you have a book being released, and I don't think it's just one book. You have a couple books. I have three in the queue. That is so cool. Three in the queue. Yeah, they're coming up. Uh, You've you've written before. I have. How have those done? They've done fine. When was the first time you wrote a book? Uh, You know, that goes back a while. I I ghost wrote a book for my dad uh, around 1990, with a guy named Roger Leip. And uh, it was called The Road to Ground Zero, and it did really, really well. 
and we ghost wrote it. I, when I was in grad school, the second time when I was working on history stuff, uh, we did a thing with a bunch of teaching assistants that I was a part of a group, and we published a book. But uh, I, I kind of wrote my first book. It was sort of stories, friends and family book called Exactly As I Remember It. Did it a few years back. It did exceptionally well. Followed it up the next year with a book called Remember, which was kind of a story book too, and it did awful. In fact, with the proceeds from my royalties on my first book, I redid my whole basement. And with my royalties that I made on my second book, I bought a ping pong paddle on payments. And so that's kind of went that way. Then we uh, did a third book that was called Love God, Love People, Don't Do Dumb Crap in 2017. It did really well. And so, uh, and then last year, about uh, December, early December, released the first in a series of what we call trail guides, which are verse by verse journeys through entire books of the Bible. It was called a trail guide to the Gospel of John. And so that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of what I've done. Shane, it's clear with all this writing that it's something that you love to do. Is that right? I do. I like to write and I, 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 don't like to write on what I'm told to write on. That would make me a professional writer. Uh, I'm more of a, uh, I, I, I do enjoy writing. I enjoy communicating. And uh, if there's things I'm passionate about, I, I, I do enjoy that. So we have three books coming up, but this uh, may not be your last three. There could be other books in the future. There could be. Okay. There could be. Very good. So let's talk a little bit first about the trail guide, Shane. You said it's a verse-by-verse study. Is that like a commentary? Who would this be for, scholars or? No, I'm really thinking about these as kind of verse-by-verse guides through entire book of the Bible for regular people. My goal was to create a commentary for lay people that was so engaging that people couldn't put it down. You know, we never really think of commentaries as being highly readable. But I, I wanted to create something that really was engaging and readable, that offered some new insights. So if somebody's never really read the Bible and gone through a verse by verse before, it would be great. But even if somebody was a pastor and they've gone through it 20 times, I, I wanted to offer some insights and some ways of looking at the narrative that might be new and might be engaging, exciting for them as well. So the trail guides were sort of set up for everything from like personal devotion to like a large group study. It seems like your heart, Shane, has a lot to do with being practical. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at the Bible, I've got to hear many of your sermons right. and teachings over the years, spend a lot of time with you. It seems like you always want that practical approach. You want this stuff to grab people where they're at so they can apply it to their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's definitely my goal. I, I do not believe that theology uh, is abstract. And faith is abstract. I, I think faith is, is where, our rub, where, where kind of the proverbial rubber hits the road. And with these trail guides, I want them to be really, really practical. I want people to engage them. And then I want them to say, hey, as a result of this, uh, this has direct impact into my life. So Shane, you've written this trail guide to James. You say that you write about what you love. So what is it that you love about the book of James? James is one of the most popular books with modern Christians in the Bible. I think there's two things that lend to that. And one is it's pretty short. So it's not like you got to wade through, uh, a, you know, a gazillion chapters to finish James. 
But the other one is James sort of sits out there as being really, really practical. It doesn't have a whole lot of historical markers. It's not, <laughs> it's not tied very closely to its own culture. So I think people can easily read James no matter what culture or time they're in and just apply it to right now. So I think it gets to be a very easy book for people to deal with. So I wanted to take a popular book like James mm -hmm. and uh, offer a more systematic way of looking at it, attempt to place it in some historical context, and then enable people maybe to have some new insights, even if that's their favorite book. The other thing, Mike, that strikes me is James just barely made it into the New Testament. I mean, it mm -hmm. would it'd be like graduating 27th in a class of 27. I mean, it just mm -hmm. barely made it in. And one of the things I think about is that maybe James wasn't for then. Maybe God put James in the Bible for now. Mm. And maybe it was something that everybody maybe didn't see a lot of value in when they got together and canonized the Bible. But now, today, I think James has a very powerful message to speak to us. I can't wait to read The Trail Guide, Shane. I love the book of James because it's just wholly practical, right? We think about taming the tongue. We all have those issues. Times our tongues get out of control. It talks about holding on and rejoicing basically through trials. I can't wait to uh, see what you have to say about the scripture and how that's going to help apply to my life. I can't wait to hear it applied to the life of others. Okay, so we've talked about the trail guide to James. Now let's talk about the book after that, which I believe is coming out in 2023. Can you tell us about that? Well, the trail guide to the book of James will be coming out in early December of 2022. The next book is called uh, That's Good News. It's going to be published by Invite Resources, and it's scheduled to come out in February of 2023. All right, February 2023, That Good News. So what is this book about? This is a book that the head of Invite Resources, Lynn Wilson, somebody I became familiar with back when he used to write a blog about the 25 fastest growing churches in United Methodism. He did it for years and years. We were a part of every list he ever made. So I got to know him through that. When he decided to start a publishing company, uh, a few years back, he called me and he said, we would like to do a piece on evangelism. We think you're the right guy to do it. And at that time, Mike, we were going through, we were kind of in the disaffiliation, early processes and consideration. And I said, hey, I, I just don't have time to write a book. I don't have time. I've got interests, but I don't have time. And uh, time went on. We got through the disaffiliation process and all of those kind of things. We got set up as an independent church. And it occurred to me that I still had some passion around writing that kind of what I'm going to call a definitive, practical, theologically sound, funny uh, evangelism book. There still wasn't something out there. And I, and I got a hold of Lynn and I said, hey, do you still have some interest in me doing this book? Because I have time now and I do have some interest. So that's where the conversation got started. All right, Shane. So you're taking all this time to write a book about evangelism. So I know you. I know you love evangelism. What is it that you love about sharing the faith? One thing I love about evangelism is that I, I just love to share my faith. I believe the gospel is good news. 
I believe the gospel is the hope of the world. And I have, I have enthusiasm about not only sharing my faith, but equipping other people to share their faith as well. So in the book, we are looking at the parables of Jesus as they have to do with things that grow, with, with faith sharing and the multiplication of the gospel. Uh, the book is theologically sound. I'm, I'm unapologetically orthodox. I'm a Bible-believing Christian, have a traditional view uh, of the gospel and of theology. So for me, the, the book is theologically sound. The, the book is funny. There's a lot of hilarious stories because I've been doing evangelism and street ministry and all this kind of stuff my whole life. There's a lot of really funny stuff in it that I hope is going to be really engaging. And then finally, it's, it's really practical. It's not a theoretical book on evangelism. It's, it's going to get down and say, here's what you can very specifically do to evangelize in your own context. Shane, I love it. You're always giving us something practical in all your writing. I know other people are going to be so blessed by it as well. So that book is called That's Good News Evangelism. Can't wait to check that one out. All right, let's go to the final book that we're going to talk about today that's coming out next year. Tell us uh, the title. Tell us when it's coming out. Tell us the whole story about how this uh, final book and this slate of books has come together. Yeah, the Ping Life yeah. is going to come out in October of 2023. And the whole basis for the Ping Life is something that's very familiar to the people here at Christ Church. We define a Ping as a God prompting. It, it's, it's the Holy Spirit prompting us toward a very specific action. And what we always say here is that we want to hear and heed the pings. So when God prompts us to do something, we need to be able to discern whether or not it's from God. Hmm. And then if it is, we just need to heed it. We don't need to overthink it. We just need to crack at it. As I was thinking about the ping life, this, this life of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, something occurred to me. I think all Christians are called by God to have what I'm going to call a discipleship baseline. We, we should all have uh, prayer lives. Uh, we should all worship. We should all be in fellowship with other Christians. We should all give. We, we should all serve. We should all witness. That, that list goes on. I, th I think there's some Christian baselines. But on top of that, what is required? And for me, this idea, once I meet the baselines, being open to the pings of God. God may ping us to give everything we have. God may ping us to go into the ministry or to enter the mission field. On the other hand, God may ping us to take our new neighbors some cookies and invite them to church. Uh, God may ping us to simply reach out to somebody that we know is hurting. And so it can be big things or small things, but the whole thing is to be is, is to live and embrace a Spirit-led life where we hear the Spirit and we obey. This, I think, is a counter to two things that create discontinuity in a lot of Christians. On the right side of the ledger, you have evangelical Christians, and I'm using this in the best sense of the word, who are very concerned that people are lost and going to hell. Well, if you've got real concerns about that, then how do you not share Jesus with absolutely everyone you know? And, and then how do you ever enjoy your life? How can you possibly take your family on vacation in the Smoky Mountains when so many people are dying and going to hell? 
and and I know so many people who just live almost a turmoil-laden life and guilt-laden because they're not sharing Jesus every hour of every day. On the other hand, you got what I call loving neighbor folks. And they see all of the, the pain in the world, all the poverty in the world. They see people hurting and suffering, and they, they want to help. But how do you help enough? Hmm. How could you ever do enough? You could give everything you have, and, and it's not one piece of sand on, on an endless seashore in terms of solving the needs of the world. So if you have concerns around those kind of issues, where does that ever stop? How can you possibly spend money going on vacation in the Smoky Mountains when there's so many people who have nothing at all? So for me, the ping life is a bit of a, an antidote to living a life of guilt that you're not evangelizing on one hand and you're not always uh, helping people on the other hand. It's a sustainable Christian life. So if God pings you to go on a faith-sharing trip or to share your faith with somebody, do it. Mm. If God pings you to go on a mission trip and relieve mm. suffering or, or to give a sizable donation to, to a group that's relieving suffering, do it. But don't live in constant turmoil. Don't let this guilt somehow tied up with what I'm going to call religion. Don't let this guilt dictate the quality of your life. Life's also a gift. So my thesis, Mike, is if we adhere to the basic, if we attend to the basic Christian baselines, if we are able to hear and discern the pings of God, if we heed those pings, then we are free to enjoy our lives. We can go on vacation to the Smoky Mountains and have a great time with our children or our grandchildren with no guilt, knowing that we're walking in God's favor. I love that. It sounds like a realistic look at the Christian journey and even the experience of the freedom that Christ has for us. Yeah, I'm excited about the book. It's it's a little shorter than some books. I, I just wanted it to be a pretty quick, impactful read. Mm-hmm. It's based on some of my own travels, some of my own experiences, some of my own epiphanies that I have had throughout my life. But uh, I, I am excited about this. I, I think it's going to be a blessing to a lot of people who honestly fight guilt, that they can't lead everybody to Christ on one hand and they can't alleviate all the suffering in the world on the other. It's it's a place to stand. It's a sustainable Christian life. Well, Shane, so you've given us three books that are coming out really exciting. If someone wanted to go and find these books as they come out, where would they need to go? With the Trail Guides, uh, Christchurch Publishing puts those out. So, of course, they're available on Amazon and and Barnes & Noble and all of the normal places. Uh, They're also available at our bookstore uh, here at Christ Church. So those would all be places to find them. The other two books, the uh, That's Good News and The Ping Life, are published by Invite Resources. You'll be able to find them on Invite's web page. You'll also be able to pre-order both of those books. And the uh, That's Good News book, the pre-order will be up pretty soon. So you can go ahead and do a pre-order on the Invite Resources platform. And then once the book's released, obviously, it'll be available on Amazon and, and all of the usual suspects. It might even creep into a bookstore here and there. 
Well, it won't be at Sam's Wholesale Club. Right. It, it won't be there. I mean, it would really have to get hot to end up at Sam's Wholesale Club, Mike. So I think somewhere between mm-hmm. my trunk and Sam's Wholesale Club is, okay. is where these books are going to end up. Well, I don't want you to uh, give any to me because I'll probably bootleg them. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's you know, it, it's kind of interesting because I, I gave Mike a book. He asked me to sign it. And the next thing I know, he's trying to sell it on eBay. <laughs> and so you can imagine the hurt that, that was involved with all that. I just felt like I was being used in, in so many ways. I think it's important that our listeners know, Mike, that none of that is true. None of it. None, none of it. it. I just made that entire segment up. But it did amuse me slightly. So I feel like that uh, was a good use of time. Well, Shane, any other concluding thoughts for us today? You can still get the uh, Trail Guide to the Gospel of John uh, on Amazon. You can get it at the Christchurch uh, Bookstore and Cafe site. Uh, the uh, Trail Guide to the Book of James will be available uh, as of December, probably 1st, 2nd, 3rd, somewhere in there on all of the usual sites. Invite Resources is handling uh, That's Good News and The Ping Life You'll be hearing more about that, but the releases should be in February and in October. And again, Mike, uh, writing is something I've sort of embraced in recent years. One of the things that really occurs to me is that great preachers are quickly forgotten. People who write uh, are remembered. You know, everybody remembers John Wesley wrote. Uh, People don't remember Whitfield. He was largely considered the best preacher of his time. And so part of this for me has just been trying to think through legacy Mm. just a little bit. And uh, as I am now 60 years old, uh, what do I want that legacy to look like? Where do I want to invest in that? And for me, investing in helping people better understand the Word of God. And then taking on a topic like evangelism that a lot of people are just afraid of. And, And just taking that on with some really good nature and some good grace. And then taking on a topic like just living a spirit-filled life and being responsive to the Holy Spirit. Those things hold a lot of interest for me, and uh, I'm really glad that I have the opportunity to be able to, uh, to write. Shane, I am really glad that you're writing, and I guarantee you, uh, these books are going to bless a whole lot of people. I hope so. Well, thank you for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We'll talk to you next time and make sure that you keep the change.